0: Welcome back, Tatro Radio listeners, to another episode. I'm Joseph from Team Tatro, and we have another interview for you guys today. Today, we have an interview with Ara, who is a Berlin-based DJ and uh, music producer who is a professional touring artist, and they even dive a little bit into the emotional side of making music and what kind of emotional state Era needs to be in to make music, Um, But it's a really interesting interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we start, just remember that Tatro streams these interviews live every single Tuesday. But sometimes if it's not an interview, there will be a call-in show instead. But Tatro also streams on Thursdays and Saturdays as well. So subscribe to his YouTube, make sure you hit the notifications button, and uh, you'll be notified when all these streams happen. But for now, let's get into the interview.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, ERA. ERA, welcome. Thank you for being here today.
2: Thank you for having me, Nate.
1: I'm so stoked that we can be across the world from each other and uh, two musicians like having a conversation, you know, it's almost, this has become like normal. This is just like normal now.
2: Right? Isn't it amazing how normal it is? Like, Yeah. Where are you located, actually?
1: I'm in California, so I'm in Los Angeles. All right. And and you're in Berlin, right?
2: In Berlin, yes.
1: Yes, has that been a good oh. uh, has it been a good spot to be quarantined?
2: Yeah, it's been okay, especially in the summer it was quite nice here. Sure. Right now it's gray and dark and snowy, so it's it's good to be inside and not have to worry about going out, I guess.
1: Right, for sure. Well, before we get too deep into talking about all that fun stuff, um, I guess, like, I gave you a very basic intro at the start, like uh, music producer, DJ. um, You have, of course, you're a very multi-talented, multifaceted artist yourself. How do you, when people ask you what you do, uh, like family members or, you know, people that you meet, new people, how do you describe what you do to new people?
2: It's always, um, I'd say... DJ, producer and label owner that's like sure. the, easy, the easy one and I'd say I'm making music generally speaking in the genre of electronic dance music um, I would say house maybe deep house it's always hard to really define the kind of genre that you're doing totally. especially since I'm very much interested in all different types of music and also i guess every person that you talk to has their own kind of definition of what house music is or what techno music is so um it's hard you could also say yeah, yeah you could also tell people like yeah just listen to my music or listen to a mix sure but um in the end yeah it's 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 electronic dance music in the broadest sense
1: for sure i like hearing uh about how you have like this broad spectrum of influence um how does that play into like your music making do you ever feel locked down by wanting to fit in a specific genre or people's expectations of a genre and like what's that balance like between like wanting to meet people's expectations but also to wanting to combine a bunch of different influences
2: yeah that's that's a great question that's always the kind of thing that I'm trying to balance. Um, I guess having made music for quite a long time, there's just different tropes and different kind of um, techniques and maybe ideas that I always come back to, especially when it comes to sound design or melodies, there's just things that I gravitate to. So I guess whatever genre or whatever BPM um, I'm doing. There's always hopefully something that's recognizable and some kind of um, signature that I guess people might expect from from what I'm doing. Totally. So can you describe? Any and also, can you describe those yeah.
1: uh, any of those signatures? Because I think that that's really interesting too in electronic music specifically because it's so easy to you know get caught yeah. up in tropes and caught up in stuff like that but when you take the inspiration from all different places and you combine them into something new it does become really dis- distinct like your sound for instance
2: yeah i'd say it's very playful um it is very colorful also like i yeah. I, I see music very visually especially when i make it myself um, for me, there's like, for example, if you have like the typical techno kind of sound, it's very gray and dark, yeah. like Berlin right now. And I would say that my music is generally more colorful and has a lot of um, like brilliance in a way. Sure. But I'm trying to look at or like some some playfulness to it.
1: Where do you that's, think that comes from? Because you're right, a lot of Berlin artists and a lot of, you know, people in that scene, it comes from a very dark place. But it seems like you're kind of mm. coming from, you you're almost should be on the tropical scene or something like that, it seems like, because of how happy like, <laughs> yeah, and joyful yeah, I mean. you're going for.
2: Yeah. I guess that's just the person I am. I don't know. Sure. that, that That's oh, so, awesome. The interesting thing is that, like, the music that I gravitate to when I listen to music at home or privately is much more subdued, much more introspective, maybe, and calm. Right. Um, so I, it's, it's just what I do. It's just what I, what makes me happy when, when I create it, I guess. Yeah,
1: you bring up a good point because I think I'm a similar way where the music that I listen to versus the music I make are often two completely different things. Are, are you that way? Like, mm-hmm. Do you have that distinction?
2: Yeah, I I think um, for for when I, like I I would also make a distinction between the kind of music that I would play out, for example, as a DJ and the things that I like to listen to or that I just enjoy listening to at home. So for, and also when I go out, the kind of things that thrill me. Um, So that's why I would draw this kind of distinction. So at home, it's a lot of very calm, ambient music without a lot of changes. Yeah. Also things that maybe not take too much attention in a way. And then when I really listen to music, it could be everything, but a lot of singer-songwriter music actually stuff um that's just pop music um anything really yeah except for dance music which i mainly hear when i'm out or when i used to go out yeah yeah right now that's not possible awesome anymore but um, that's yeah
1: do you have like a, a work sort of relationship with dance music is that kind of how it feels
2: um that's a good question too it doesn't really feel like work no it's it's not like i do this music because i feel like i have to which for me is a definition of work like work is something that you're that that you have to do yeah for me it's still play it's still the kind of music that i just Enjoy making the most, probably also that I'm the best at and that I've been doing for for the longest time, yeah, but it's also just what what I love and what I enjoy making.
1: yeah, let's bring it back uh, like let's... how did you get started? like how did you discover that you were really good at making dance music and all that?
2: <laughs> um so I started actually really young, I would say mid 90s was when i um had my first little workstation synthesizer Mm -hmm. i have an older brother Mm -hmm. who's into um djing he he used to buy like old drum and bass records he was into hip-hop soul funk all of that kind of stuff and um he was very influential for just showing me, like going to record stores, um, and just 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 teaching me about music, basically. Yeah, that's great. But then I really quickly kind of found my own way or my own um, things that I gravitated to. So I still remember, like one of the first records that I really really loved was um, some acid house records it nice. had a big smiley on it okay and i was i was just in love with, with that image of this uh vinyl record which was like a full how, how do you call it like these um um full colored vinyls yeah like where where you have the the vinyl picture vinyl disc? oh the
1: the face was so on the, the vinyl smiley. itself yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah
2: it was just a huge big smiley like a picture disc and i just love that and I brought it home with me and I put it on the record player and suddenly I hear these sounds that I've never ever heard before, which of course was like acid, you have the CO3, yeah. you have an 808, you have all of these like typical um, things. And I, I just wanted to know like what is going on? What is this? Um, how, how can I make this? This actually happened pretty quickly when I first heard this kind of music. And that's how I started together with my older brother who was um, who had uh, an Atari and an archive sampler, like an old one, oh, okay. uh, the, the Atari with like the second version of Cubase wow. on it. And um, I, I got this uh, workstation keyboard from a company called quasi media. It's called Raven it was like a workstation where you could make like, basically dance music. It was uh, kind of sold as this machine where you can do everything with them. Um, That's how it started. That's That's how it started. Um, And
1: and how does that evolve into like like eventually playing live and stuff?
2: Actually, the funny thing about this workstation was I'm I'm still thinking about that from time to time that you could, I think you had like eight, um, tracks with like eight sequencer tracks and you could mute them and you could play them basically so right. you could create like live a live session. arrangement,
1: yeah.
2: live session and I've worked like that for a long time and basically just recorded my, my jams on, back in the days it was tape or, right. uh, dot or like this yep. digital audio tape we, and then later like mini discs and then after a while of course we we got like a proper um, computer with like first uh, versions of Logic where you could then record your things like more professionally but I always kept this way of working where I didn't really arrange things on on, on the screen like you know copying and pasting and going yeah. from left to right but basically just trying to Yeah, have like a um, live jam or like an improvisation character to the music and just record these takes, like sometimes very long takes, and then edit them down to something that's more um, approachable, I guess.
1: so, is there anything that you like now in the digital age? Now that I'm sure things are so much much easier, and we have so many possibilities, but is there anything you miss about the old days, like the old like recording to tape and in the old workstations? Like anything you miss? Or are you super glad that we're in this new digital age?
2: I'm. I, I love it. Yeah. I I don't really feel like this. There's of course this idea that when you're kind of um that. When you don't have a lot of possibilities, it forces your creativity to find like workarounds, yeah, and um, make do with what you have. That's like one thing that I often hear, but I can't really relate to that, to be honest. Like I'm just happy that I, I can do what I do with with what I have, without having like I I, I just need a laptop and I can create um, everything with it. Yeah, even though I don't have to, but I could. I I really love it like the more options the better.
1: Okay. Yeah. Do you find yourself you're doing a lot with just the laptop or are you using a lot of outboard gear? Like what's what's the current music making setup look like?
2: Recently, yes, since I also, I have a studio like um that I go to, but when the first lockdown happened, I just couldn't right. and didn't. And didn't didn't want to go there so actually the last year i did a lot of music with only my laptop and um it also works it, I, I like it more to have more um haptic feedback like to use controllers to use like a yeah. bigger keyboard and also to use output key. it just feels better yeah in a way and it's oftentimes faster and um Feels feels more natural, but it's not necessary, I would say, no. For sure. Not necessary.
1: What DAW are you working in these days?
2: Ableton. Ableton. Yeah. Just ever since. Actually, for me, Ableton was the first DAW that I really finished music with. That's before so interesting. That, as, as I said, since I was mainly just um, improvising and yeah. like doing the the, the live takes with Logic and with Cubase, that doesn't really work so well. Like um, it is possible, but once I opened Ableton for the first time and saw the session view and arrangement view and got my head around that, it just made made so much sense. And that was like 10 years ago and I think, Eleven years ago, and I was also like just shortly after when I released my first record, where I was was actually really happy with it. Where That's I said like, okay, this is something that I that I want to put out. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy uh, with Ableton. I
1: love it. Yeah, amazing. I know. Um, in your pro session, so if people don't know, Era is doing a pro session with three four three labs. Um, it's like this two day workshop. It's this weekend, right? Yeah, this weekend. Nice, and the link is in the description if you guys want to check that out. I think the early bird tickets are sold out, but regular tickets are not sold out, so you check that out. But I I think you're you're touching on like finishing a track, right, on one of the days. You're talking a little bit about that, not to give it all away, Mm -hmm. but um, for someone who works like you do, like working in like this kind of live session improvisation environment, like. Mm-hmm. What is uh, what does get you to actually finish a track? Because I think a lot of people get stuck in either the loop or the live and improvisation. Like, mm-hmm. what pushes you to make those decisions and say, okay, this is the track, or this is what I want to officially record and put on the record.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good question. I would say things that happen quickly and easily and without too much thought are usually the ones where i can say like oh this is it because for me that's also the ones or when they happen fast i can almost listen to them as if i were like somebody who listens to it for the first time like the quicker i am and the less i'm thinking and the easier it is um the easier it gets to say like okay this is done this is good and also to be more objective. Yeah. So this is kind of what I, I would say is like the big issue when you're when you're trying to finish something is finding this balance between being really into the music, into the details, and um, hearing every small thing, but then also being able to to, to kind of zoom back and have like a bigger picture and to look at it or like listen to it yeah. more from, from 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 the outside. And um, if I'm if I'm fast, I'm. It's much more easier to get this like objective overview. I would say. Yeah. Um, which I guess is not something that you. I, I guess it takes time to get there. Yeah. Like I, it's I, not, I, not the easiest solution because you have to know your tools. Exactly. You have to know, like, if you have something in mind, how to get there, and this is, I guess, where experience comes in.
1: Right. Um, because a lot of also, I was going to say yeah. a lot of it is based on like instinct, right? Like you're, you're reacting to your yeah. instinct, and if what first comes out is good, then go with that. But I'm wondering, like, a lot of DJs and producers don't take a, a more traditional like music theory route. Um, so mm. I'm wondering like what your background is in that and understanding, like, you know, the fundamentals of music theory, getting your music that like actually sound good, harmonies, melodies, all that, like, what, like, how were you trained that way?
2: I had basic keyboard lessons mm-hmm. actually as a bargain with my parents when I wanted this, um, workstation thing. They basically said, "Yeah, you'll get it, but you have to take classes." So that um, was that was a good deal. That yeah, was for sm- sure. Smart of them. And I took some of that with me. Generally speaking, when it comes to like um, harmonies and how to how to build um, chords and how to write melodies, and also this kind of just feeling for the music, like
1: yeah.
2: if I have a certain melody in mind, I'm pretty quick of like playing it like i could I, I don't have perfect pitch but i could probably play a melody that i have in my head relatively quickly yeah i'll get it get it down so it's um that's what i have i would say like from a theory perspective it's not like that deep but it's i always try to know enough to be able to do what i'm doing yeah and then whenever i hit a certain roadblock i i just try to f- find um uh, that's always like a reason for me to learn so right um yeah yeah
1: i think like ear training like you you're probably your ears are probably very well trained so like if you're if you're hearing melodies in your head you're able to translate them to the keyboard i think people underestimate like learning basic keyboarding Like goes such a long way um did you mm-hmm. ever were you ever like trying to recreate songs like did you ever take a path where you like wanted to like recreate a song that you really liked or something like when you first started to kind of learn the techniques or like
2: i i know i did that once mm-hmm. um i did uh but that was when i was already making music right. um for a long time i i know that's something that um is often said to help but when i started out i was on my own like sure. me and my brother, we were on our own. Like there was not a lot of information out there and it didn't even occur to me to, to, to even try that. Of course, you had your heroes, like producers that I was looking up to that I yeah. kind of tried to emulate or find out how they do certain things. Right. Um, but just um, taking something and recreating it never really occurred to me when i started out um that's like a lot of absorbing
1: like just absorbing the influences you know
2: yeah yeah listening to a lot of music and just basically trying to figure out what's going on i i remember when i first got my really really like i still remember to this day um the first time i saw like uh notes lined up on a grid yep and I try to find out like how a certain beat looks on the grid, right? And then look at and then look at the grid and try to imagine. Okay, what does this beat now um, sound like? Yeah, that's that's a thing that 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 I did for sure. Well, that's and like modern day music guess,
1: notation. Like that's like, yeah, right.
2: That's, that's 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 I guess how you learn. And then when when you when you think about like okay, straight uh quarter note bass drums really easy. yeah, but then like from there, you can go and get more complicated rhythms and try to like l- look at the notation and try to find out what what is actually playing. Like these kind of things I did, and I was also listening to to tracks and maybe like try to find out how a certain sound is being made or like how a certain yeah. rhythm plays and and recreate that. Um that that's for sure,
1: yeah. Awesome. Uh we have a really good question from uh Jay Scholes in the chat. Um it says, Era, have you yeah. noticed much difference in finalizing a track at your home studio versus a studio location? And how has your workflow and collaborations changed during COVID nineteen? Well, you're working on an that's... album, right? Are you about to release one?
2: Uh no. <laughs> ah. no, I I'm not I, I um and that like the first. Uh, that's a good question, actually. Mm-hmm. I the, like really finalizing things. I find hard just on the laptop, sure, because I I just like to listen um, on better speakers, and um, also, yeah, it just feels better to, to 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 finalize things. But that's really just like the last final touch of like polishing everything once it's done. And I also feel that I, I'm better at arranging when I'm in the studio because I just feel more free. Or like arranging, as in pressing record and right, um, uh, improvising or like recording the, uh, the the track. I I just need a certain level of, of, of freedom mm. that I or like a certain headspace that I can get into much easier when I'm in the studio. For sure. So like the, the, the first sketch doesn't really make a big difference, but then when it comes to, to arranging and also finalizing, it's more fun to do it in the studio for sure. What is that? What makes Even that though different? For, it's just, I'd say it's just the vibe of, of my studio space. I just yeah. like being there and it just, gets me like it just gets me into a mindset um of especially when it comes to just pressing record and jamming it's just yeah i don't know just feels better yeah and um and the sound is better there i've got my speakers i've got my setup and um yeah. Even though I must say I did this one remix last. Actually, two tracks that came out last year. I started and finished at home. There's this one track called "O um, to an Empty Dance Floor," which I made. Actually, I think on like the first days of lockdown. Yep. Just being that's at perfect. home, and yeah. That's also kind of the idea behind the track was to like, yeah, you can, um, you can do it. Like, no need anything like uh, fancy to, to, to finish the track. And also this remix that I did for Aldebaran um, that came out on, on my own label, on Applied Magic. I did that one completely on my laptop at home.
1: Yeah. And, um, That's actually, that ties into a question that Reese Audrey has. And uh, she's asking about advice for writing and recording Uh, producing music on her on your own like what is it like Mm. like has music always been kind of a very like so well you talked about working with your brother but otherwise beyond that have you been like very independent very solo like is it very insular
2: yeah yeah i've always been that way i actually um i when i started making and i was making dance music from a young age, I couldn't go to clubs or like you know, I was way right. too young to go out. Yeah. So for me, I was kind of recreating this kind of experience of going out, like in my mind, like imagining how it would be to be in a club on at a rave or at a festival. Totally. Um in my in my uh in my living room or like in my uh in our basement so i was always making music on my own a lot i've collaborated over the years um and i still like to but most of the time i'm really um yeah it's me yeah me myself and i
1: yeah any advice for folks uh that are like you that are kind of because i feel like it can be a little bit um, lonely maybe I guess sometimes or maybe you're kind of like in a bubble like you're trying to like, you are trying to be objective about your own music but you're an audience of one you know like mm. any advice for folks on that
2: make make your working space as comfortable as possible like just be fine. like that. a lot of it has to do I think not, not really with um technical things, but a lot of it is just being happy where you are, like finding a place where you like to be, and um, trusting your instincts. That's something that I always come back to. Like, my first instinct about something is usually the one that I'm going with.
1: Usually the best idea.
2: And um, yeah. Yeah there's 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 different approaches to that i know there's people who like to like uh, rethink and restructure and rework yeah. stuff and if it works for them that's fine but for me it's always i, I try to be very impulsive and really use like, yeah. the, the first thing that comes up and also trust your instincts Um, when it comes to letting go of something I I guess that's one of the hardest parts when when you're making music especially on your own it's like knowing when to stop like maybe maybe the maybe the inspiration is gone or maybe you're tired or maybe you're hungry or maybe you're not quite there and to kind of know yourself enough to be able to Tell yourself in those moments, like, stop, I need to do something else. Yeah. I don't know. In those moments, maybe a lot of it is about knowing yourself, I guess, and how how you work in these kind of situations. I like that concept
1: um, of, like, letting go. I think you do have to, like, trust yourself if, like, if in the moment you're just like, okay, right now it's not working. I'm going to walk away and go do something else. But I also think about it in context Mm -hmm. of the music itself. Like, sometimes we work on an idea and we put so much time or work into it that we have trouble throwing it away. If it's a bad idea, we try to like force it to be good. Do you have experience with that? Like where you throw out like ideas that are like, Uh, you just have to get rid of them.
2: I I do it all the time. I think it's very important to, to be able to do that. And it's something that I, that probably took the longest to learn and that I'm still learning that I can say like, this is just, not worth it. Like this is not something that I need to pursue. Right. Maybe it it, the, it seemed right at that moment, but then pretty quickly I I realize when it's when it's not something I I want to pursue further. Like uh, maybe you get back to it after a few weeks and then you find or months maybe and yeah. you find a completely different angle to approach it, but. I'm usually not like that. Like I tend to just start something new and um, see where that leads me. Um, sure. So yeah, the, the, the longer I make music, the, the, the better I get at just saying, yeah, no, just cutting it. Yeah. Just, just cut it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Beisha asks what inspires you to create? That's a, that's a big one. I know, I know you talked about like, environment and stuff but like is there other types yeah. of art that you consume like beyond music that maybe influences the music like your environment like there's your environment but then there's like movies tv visual art like any anything like that like influencing you
2: i would say it probably does i read a lot i right now of course i watch a lot of movies and um I'm interested in art, but it's not something that I could pinpoint directly where mm-hmm. I could say, like, because I did this, it led me to doing that. It's pretty rare yeah. um, that I do this. Maybe when it comes to, like, especially um, with art, when it comes to certain concepts, like how to approach something, for example. But... um it's 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 not like such a direct uh, way from, yeah, hearing something, listening to something, reading something to 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 creating something. It's more probably more like I soak it all in, process it, and then it comes out somehow. Um, one thing I have to say about inspiration though is that, um, which which ties back again to. Creating an environment also is about like creating a certain headspace mm-hmm. to to work in. Like I, for example, I I do breath work, I meditate, and I try to be um, aware and have this kind of um, uh, I would say like uh, mindfulness. Uh, yeah. How do you say techniques? Those really helped me to be inspired and to be creative because I can only personally make music or create something when I feel good. Like it has to come from a place of positivity and of yeah. like well being. And when I feel well, like I can create well. And when I'm distracted or when I'm stressed or when I'm strung out or when I just, when there's something else in my mind, I can't get into that zone of of being creative. So that's that's something that is more directly inspired uh, related to being inspired for me. I would say like yeah, having the right headspace.
1: Yeah. Are there any particular like uh, resources you could recommend for artists that maybe want to get into like getting in the right headspace, mindfulness, breathwork, that kind of thing?
2: Um, I actually use um different apps mm. like there's actually headspace yeah. um i was just checking out this documentary on like if, if you've never done anything like meditation for example or mindfulness and you want to get into it it can be daunting because there's like so many different ways uh to to approach it what i really liked was this new documentary on, on netflix from uh, i think it's from headspace you will find it oh by the way. yeah yeah i've, it's I've really seen nice. it there's yeah like some so that that's like a really easy starter, and there you can already see like what 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 kind of um, techniques you like, and um, that that that's really helpful. Yeah, um, yeah that's 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 what I would say. Like if if you've never um, done anything like that, that's a really good uh, starting point, I would say. Yeah.
0: Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the interview here, but I just wanted to remind everybody one more time about Control Freak Club. So Tatro's lifestyle and apparel brand. Head over to controlfreakclub.com to check out all the merch. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff and there's a lot more designs coming in the future. So just make sure you're keeping up with it. Also, remember that Tatro has launched memberships on his YouTube channel. So head over to YouTube.com/Tatro, click the join button, and you can check out the perks of becoming a member, joining the members-only Discord, getting the sample packs for free when they're released. So just make sure you check out those perks and uh, see if you want to become a member. But let's get back into the interview.
1: Especially for a person like yourself, if if you've got like the DJ stuff, you've got the music, like creating original music, music production, and then the label, being a label owner, which I want to talk a little bit about. Um, that's so mm-hmm. that's so uh, ambitious, so much going on. Um, like mm-hmm. what what led you down that path when uh, taking the step from being, you know, kind of an artist, a creator yourself to now you mm-hmm. want to kind of organize, you know, some stuff. And, and maybe just define yeah. for us, like what, what what does it look like being a label owner? For you,
2: that's that's a good question. I mean, actually, I I had a label um, ten years ago already when I first started out. I actually um, worked in the record distribution, um, like vinyl record distribution, um, for a few years, so I kind of knew how to do it, and um, I was also always very single-minded in my approach. like I I never really sent out demos at first mm-hmm. because I was maybe because I was intimidated, but also because I didn't really know where to send them and like who might listen to them. And I kind of figured out back in those days, like I'll try to do it on my own. I'll just press up like 400 records do everything myself and see where it leads me and um that was a very good learning experience but i also noticed pretty quickly especially starting out that you can only get so far on your own right like um it it is it is a good learning experience, but um, I knew that I needed people um, that could help me and that I could work with, and that could also make the music just like spread it more and make it available to to to, to more people. So that's when I decided to send out demos. Like I had a list of labels that I really liked and that i wanted to approach and that's when i sent out my my first demos after i had put out my my own music already right the good thing was for example with um inner visions where i released most of my my music on they were already playing the stuff that i put out on my own so i it was kind of like having an open door yeah and um I knew that if I would send them something, at least they 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 will listen to it, yeah. and I also like their approach. Or there's other labels where released like Permanent Vacation or Discs, for example, um, where it was the same, where I kind of had this entrance already because of the music that I put out myself and then for a few years i only made music on other people's labels and kind of left my own label behind yeah. as a learning experience as a kind of like a stepping stone maybe and just yeah last year or maybe end of 2019 i felt this urge to start a label again but to do it like properly this time sure um, and uh also release other people's music which is different from just having your own music to right. care for because you have a lot more responsibility and you you want to make it right for them like if if i put something out like if i put out my own music and i i don't know it doesn't work the way i intended it you're to you're only accountable to yourself only have my, yeah that's right so but with other people
1: like there, they want, have expectations and yeah. all that yeah
2: yeah, they have expectations, and I know how it is. Being an artist on the on, on the on the label, like I know the kind of expectations that I have from the label. So I kind of wanted to be at a spot in my or the place in my in my career where I felt like I could provide the kind of work and the kind of um, network and promotion and everything that 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 you that you would expect or that that. That you need it when you create a label so sure this is kind of why i did it now and also just it's it's a lot of fun yeah it's like it's another creative outlet
1: yeah are you involved in any of the creative direction of the other artists like talking about like what the artwork's gonna look like or like what what type of release it's gonna be like anything like that or is it mostly like the distribution getting it out there getting it in front of the very people that sort of thing
2: um I would say I'm. I would say I I, I I I curate the music, obviously. Yeah. But um when the music comes to me, like the, the music part is it's ready. Like I yeah. do like there's. Uh, there's, there's one release that's coming out for example where I did some of the mix down mm-hmm. where I was involved in that I'm giving suggestions for like arrangements if I, if I see something but it's always like a back and forth and work in yeah. progress like the next um, right now I'm putting out um, a record uh, by myself it's coming out next week actually and there's a remix from a friend uh, from Jesse Trinidad and there for example i um i helped with the mix down right. the record that comes after that is by uh two guys called Comenda, and they sent me the the music and i heard it and i loved it and i was like yeah this is it like there's not. Yeah. so it's always different and when it comes to the artwork i try to work with a different artist for every release, like with a different designer. And there the musicians have a say. Like um, I'll ask them, like, hey, do do you know anyone that you might want to work with? And then we take it from there. Yeah. And um, for my own releases, I actually do the artwork on my own. It's kind of also um, that's. That's cool. You're a
1: visual um, artist as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's fun like um yeah. i i like to uh like i like to do some visual stuff just just for myself and um i was always interested in that like back in the days i did a lot of uh flyer designs and stuff right. like that i never really approached it um uh i say like I never put too much thought behind it. But now that I have a label, like for me, it's a great way to do that as well. Like I'm, I'm yeah. I love the design. I'm really interested in it. And that's just another way for me to kind of uh, showcase that.
1: Yeah. Do you find that working with other artists and being vol- involved in that whole creative process um, beyond just your own music, do, do you find that like it invigorates your creative, like soul, your creative mind, like... To, to be able to go and like be involved in other people's work you know and not just your own mm. all the time
2: it i guess um what i learned is that it gives me more perspective on the label work itself like all the different aspects that are to it and um it, I, I don't feel that it really feeds back into what I'm doing with my own music but with a lot of things that are more involved with like maybe marketing or social media things like that um, which is also a creative process and something um, that that, that's very important so for these kind of things it it gives me uh, new ideas and new, um, new strategies maybe that I haven't thought of before when I was just making my own music and putting out it out on, on other people's tables. Yeah, it's just a different approach, I guess.
1: Totally. Yeah. Uh, we've got lots of uh, young uh, producers in the chat, um, burgeoning artists, maybe not necessarily young, from all ages of life, perhaps. Um, I wonder, like, is there any like wisdom or some advice that you can give? the the folks out there that are just starting out that want to follow a similar similar path to you you know like Mm. the the artist the dj the the label owner like they want to follow all these paths it can be tough out there to to make your way in this industry and in Mm. this scene so like what advice can you give to folks who want to follow in a similar path
2: um put the music first that's something yeah I mean, what what can I say? That's that's the end all be all of of what we're doing is to create music um, that moves people, that makes um, people feel things, that inspires them, that just uh, brings joy into people's lives. So that's the, the first thing really to um, to focus on the music and to just listen to as much music as you can try to learn as much as you can like try to everything that you that you can find information like for for, for, what what i love doing is for example reading biographies of, Mm. of of musicians or like uh books about like music culture or channels like yours where it's about like listen to people talk about it like there's great right. podcasts for example just learn about the history of music the culture of music and um think about it and i I'm, i might be a bit, i don't know maybe it's naive but i think everything else follows from that you No. Know? Yeah.
1: um uh i think you're right about the consuming yeah. thing the consuming uh, content biographies podcasts interviews, because what I've learned from doing the show, at least, is like I talk to all different artists and everybody has their Mm -hmm. own perspective, their own experience, but there are common threads between all of them, for Mm -hmm. sure. And then there are ways they diverge. And I think like like you said, with talking about running the label, like different perspectives and different um, different people, different artists, I think out there, like it's the same thing. Like if you consume enough um, knowledge from other artists and just hear their story, like eventually something will connect with you and you'll see yourself in that mm. artist and you'll see like a path that you yourself can take i think like that's the biggest yeah. that's been huge for me because i listen to podcasts and interviews all day um from just different yeah. people different creative people not even just musicians just to hear about the pathway because i think music industry especially like has a tough time uh to make independent artists you know like you you see a lot of like visual yeah. artists graphic designers that seems uh, uh, a bit more of an easier industry to break into and start making a living. Whereas the music industry seems a little, it, it's a little bit scarier. Like it's a little bit like not so much of a sure thing, you know?
2: Yeah. It's the problem is that we don't really have most of the time a physical product to sell. Right. So it's, um, yeah, that's, that's another big uh, issue for sure. Um, yeah,
1: that's a whole like, other episode. Uh,
2: that's another episode, for <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, um, it's, um, like you said, the more information you have, the, the easier it is to make um, decisions and to find yeah. out for yourself what's what's right for you. And in the end, that's what it's about. It's about what feels right for yourself and to kind of... Um, find, find that path and, um,
1: stick to it. Absolutely. Um, this has been a really inspiring chat. So I want to thank you for having it. Um, if folks in the, like, there are, there are lots of questions we didn't get to all the questions, but, um, folks want to go deeper with era. Of course, you're doing the pro session this weekend. Do you want to just talk a little bit about what you have planned for the pro session? Like what's the format, uh, for the two days and all that good stuff?
2: Yeah. Um, we have um, two days, so on Saturday I will talk mainly about, like, how I approach melodies mm-hmm. and how I think about it, like, um, how I construct them. It, w- it will be a lot about, like, um, I've got quite some Max for Life uh, plugins or uh, instruments that, awesome. I, that I like to use, like MIDI effects and stuff um so we'll explore that in depth like it will be probably quite quite technical but i guess that's what people are in for yeah and um the second day will be about how to finish a track like how to, how i go from the first raw idea to the finished product take you to the steps and how how i approach it and what different ways there are to 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 get to an end uh, to 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 finished product sure. like this
1: well sounds like it's gonna be an amazing couple days so if folks want to take that deeper dive with era check the link in the description check out the 343 labs pro sessions um it's coming up in the early bird tickets are already sold out so make sure you grab the regular tickets and then also uh, the workshop is uh, you you get to keep it like there's a download of the workshop later so uh, folks should Take advantage of that resource it's really really cool um i want to thank 343 labs for putting on this show today if you are interested in learning electronic music music production all that good stuff you can head to 343labs.com for longer like 12 week courses which are starting all the time Um, but if you want to just dip your toe in the water pro sessions is a good way to start this weekend um era again thank you so much uh for being on the show i really appreciate you taking the time
2: Thank you for having me, it was uh, was a pleasure. It's really nice uh, to talk to you. Yeah, it was a great conversation.
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Era's links for his social media will be down below in the description, so just make sure you go check it out, listen to his music on Spotify. And one last time before we go, just remember, check out controlfreakclub.com and also memberships on Tetra's YouTube channel. There's a lot of great benefits there that I think will help a lot of people access to the discord as well as the free sample packs when he does release them just make sure you go check that out but that is going to be it for today this has been joseph from team Tadro. have a good one guys